Hey, Jason, you know, IMTS is coming up September 2018. I mean, I can't believe a, a year has gone by that quickly. And we were there and integrating and learning all those new technologies and innovations. You know, did you know that it's coming up? In I September did. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Yeah. So, you know, man, last time we were there, I, I we met so many cool people and I learned so much. And, you know, I learned from a lot of my peers that the successes of their companies that they've seen over the last few years have been birthed from innovations and things that they've learned during IMTSs in the past. Yeah, it truly is an amazing experience to go to IMTS and see all the great innovation, see the newest technologies. I mean, I would be suspect of somebody that was a manufacturing leader and was not going to IMTS, to be quite honest, because you just might get behind the game. And we all know how important it is to stay on top of things. That is definitely the place to learn and integrate any new innovations and technologies that are out there and get you ramped up for the future to make your business successful. IMTS.com. Register now. Do it. If you know what you want to achieve at the end of one year, which is going to be based on what you want to achieve at the end of three years, say to yourself, okay, what do I need to hit in the next 90 days in order to get there? I mean, this is a very, very simple concept. It's, you know, breaking it down 10 years to three years to one year to 90 days. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. It's Jim here from Making Chips. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. We certainly appreciate your support. Uh, we're sitting here in our beautiful DMDII Goose Island studio. We're sitting in a beautiful conference room, and I've got my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jay-Z Jason Zanger, sitting right across from me. Jason, welcome. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for the nice welcome. We're at the Digital Manufacturing Design Innovation Institute. Well said, my friend. I, had, I have to think that you through. Did think, I saw, I saw you, the, you, were, you yeah. were wincing a little bit as you were trying to think about it. We didn't know if we have to edit that out because uh, if you were going to get it right or not, but uh, you did very well. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it right. No, yep. this, you know, we've always said we're, we're thankful to have DMDII as a partner with Making Chips and you know, offering this beautiful facility to us to record the making chips so we can equip and inspire manufacturing leaders all across this beautiful country. Absolutely. I just had a conversation with uh, Mary Kate at the uh, at the coffee pot, just grabbing some coffee in the morning, and she asked how things were going, and she said she was enjoying um, the last few episodes, so we appreciate her support. She was one of our early adopters, supporters, yes. early adopters here at DMDII, so thank you, Mary Kate. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, and again, we're always looking for feedback on how 
how we're doing. And um, we know we haven't been really consistent, but Jason and I are doing the best we can do to get out um, quality episodes to you in a timely manner. Yeah, and we're actually going to be um, changing the structure around oh, a little giving, bit. Oh, you're giving the yeah, secret let's, out. Let's, oh, let's, no. Let's let like the go. cat out of the bag a little bit. Okay, so let, we, let the Metalworking Nation know. We've got you know a new logo coming out, maybe some new music, a little bit of a new structure to making chips. So this would actually be a great opportunity for... Um, for you to let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you would suggest, um, because we would love to hear those things. You, know, you can just very easily send us an email, you know, Jim at makingchips.com or to myself, Jason at makingchips.com, and just let us know, you know, hey, here's my suggestion. We love the feedback. Um, and, and, you know, we would just, we always want to make this better. We always want to step it up in order to serve um, the ma- manufacturing leaders well, better. We want to elevate ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, and through the metal working community they're they're helping us elevate ourselves absolutely so we can become better leaders so speaking of um the manufacturing industry getting better and better all the time i think your manufacturing news is kind of related to that right jim wow well i just told jason before we hit the record button i said i've got a great manufacturing news article that um i posted on linkedin i i swear it was just 36 hours ago and the response has been you know i've got over a hundred likes on it already and like oh you social media i am i love it man but i know know, you love your social media i don't don't. (laughs) top of mind but uh obviously this is striking a chord with people and what it is it's from the national association of manufacturers and we know them well nam um did an article in the It's called The Manufacturing Optimism Rose to Another All-Time High in the Latest Outlook Survey. 94.6% of manufacturers have a positive economic... 94? 94.6%. 95%. So if you lined up 100 manufacturing companies, nearly 95 of them would answer yes, raise their hand and say... We think the future is going to be good. That's awesome. It goes on to say that this is another record high in the 20-year history of this survey. And, you know, remember Patricia Miller, uh, our good friend Patricia Miller from Matrix 4 out in Wakanda, Illinois, met as, as a board member on the NAM, on NAM, National Association of Manufacturers, and she was invited to sit with President Trump. Sat right next to him. Sat right next to him, and they gave... They submitted this information to Trump in the spring about their survey. So this is even going higher than it was in the spring. That's amazing. And and he actually did just come out and say that they're going to be making a huge investment in military spending, which means manufacturing and means domestic manufacturing. So that definitely should um, you know trickle down to probably just Car about everybody tool. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we, do, we, do work industrial for the, we do work for military and government, so... That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. But it says, it goes on to say, and Jason, this is just so... Ex- you know, I always get excited. I'm, I'm an optimist to begin with. Yep, But it says optimism has been historically high levels throughout the year, averaging 91.8% in the four quarters of 2017, up, up from 64.3% in just 2016. So look at how fast it's grown over the last 12 months. It's just like we're we're skyrocketing. Yeah, well, do you remember when you went through the, I wasn't alive then, but you remember when you went through the first Roaring Twenties? The Roaring Twenties? The yeah. 1920s? No, I don't remember that. Oh, you don't? My dad well, was alive too, then. Maybe you were too my young dad back was, then. My dad was alive. Um, but but no, I don't. Supposedly we're going to have another Roaring Twenties in the oh, 2020s. Oh, I did not hear that. Is yeah. that what they're saying? Yeah. 
That's but what you know saying. what the end of that is going to bring? Well, it's going to bring recession, <laughs> gloom and doom. <laughs> exactly. Which that, Jim, why did you have to, you know, I know bring us down? I was down, just talking about something good. Well, it is good, and it, it's. But There's always a cycle, though. You need to prepare for the recession. We've done quite a few episodes on preparing for the recession. And go back to the early days when we just started recording, and there's plenty of information there that we share with the Metalworking Nation about how to prepare for that. And I, you know, I've been through quite a few of them over the 35 plus years I've been in this industry, and they're not fun. The thing is, how do you mitigate it so the next one's not as painful? Is the last one. Well, I've always been able to prepare myself in order to take advantage of the environment compared to my competition who wasn't as prepared as I was. Right. And I actually used it as a growth opportunity. Right. Well, and we could talk about that later in a future episode. I think episode. we should because, you know, as we go through this high level of manufacturing and there's going to be uh, record sales, record profits, and people are going to be making money, what we need to do, and I think you and I is we need to be cognizant that there is going to be a recession somewhere. How are we actually preparing for that drop-off? What are we doing? What And, you know, it's kind of, um, it's information that we really don't want to give out, but at the end of the day, we do need to share that kind of information with the, the metalworking industry so they're better prepared when it eventually does come. Absolutely. So, Jason, what's going on at Zengers? Tell me something good. Tell me some good business news. Well, I, I actually don't have something to share from Zengers, but I have something to share from um, my wife's company, Black Industrial and Safety Supply. So, I was, I you know, I, I was really just uh, had a big smile on my face the other day. We ha- we're actually going to the um, holiday Christmas party for Black. That's right. Tonight, tonight, um, we're going to like a brewery in in Hammond, Indiana, and uh, I'm just going along as a spouse. But my um, my wife put this whole thing together, and just the other night she was. You know, putting together little gift bags for everybody there and, you know, signing cards. And she got everybody like a little gift. And I was like, you know, I've never done anything like that, you know? And it was just nice that it's a woman's touch. Well, she brought her touch. And that's one of the nice things about kind of working in tandem with each other in very similar businesses is that I get to see the things that she does very differently than what I do because we (laughs) we're very different people. We lead differently, we manage differently, everything like that. And it was just kind of nice to see her doing these things, which gave a little little bit of a different touch to her as you know the president of the company and um you know putting together these gift bags and personally signing cards and i just i would never would have i never would think to do something like that you know I what love i mean that. I, I do too and i, I thought I'm it was glad really you nice shared that with me yeah and, yeah and, that personal touch i mean she bought she has a good friend that works um with a uh, nonprofit organization um, for single mothers, and they make candles. And so she bought like a gr- cases of these candles, and she prepared them um, to uh, to give to them as presents to everybody at the company. So I just thought that was really nice. So, Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the holiday party tonight. So yeah, ours is nice. next Thursday, and um, I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean. We're, we're buzzing at Car Machine and Tool end of the year. It's been a great year. 2018 looks to be really robust. Looking at a, another machining center, another new one. Um, are you looking be, into the future? We are, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But uh, it looks like we're, we could almost pull the trigger on uh, our third new machining center this in the last six months. That's great. Yeah. So... Things are good. Um, I, I'm sure everyone else that's listening is probably in the same situation that things are, you know, 
are going forward. That's what the news is telling us. So obviously the optimism is strong. Absolutely. I wonder if there's going to be issues with getting machine tools in the future, you know, just if, if their production has ramped up enough in order to, you know, to deal with the demand. I would imagine that their sales are up and their inventory has been depleted a little bit. It's The, the lead time has definitely got to be a little longer. Absolutely. They just don't have them in stock. It's not like you go to Walmart and pick it off the shelf anymore. Oh, so, you can't buy a quarter of a million dollar machine no, tool off the shelf? <laughs> no, you cannot do that. But uh, no, it's 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 exciting times to, for us to all be in manufacturing, and um, and that's what I think our episode is today. Before we even get into that, does it yeah. make you a little bit nervous when you when you start you know financing you know it quarter of a million here, quarter yeah. of a million there? Does yes. that it makes it a little bit nervous? Doesn't it, it does. Um, and I think that we need to talk about that. We should in talk the about future that. Yeah. about overextending yourself because yeah. that's a scary thing. It is a scary thing because if the recession came in six months, I think a lot of us would be in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a conversation the other day with one of my best friends, Eric Schmidt, and he um, he just bought a new building because he needed to expand the space, and you know it was expensive, you know, just like most buildings are. And I was like, "Are you nervous?" And he was like. I would be foolish not to be nervous about spending this much money. <laughs> so, and that's, I think, the attitude that you, that you have to have is you need to have a, a certain sense of confidence, but also at the same time, concern for the debt that you go into and the nervousness. But let's keep that for a, another episode. No, in I the think future. it's, I really, you know, I really think it's a good thing uh, to talk about in the future. I think it's relevant to what's happening now and what. Uh, eventually is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we need to bring that up and uh, share our unique wisdoms with the metalworking uh, community and, you know, what we've done in the past and what we think our strategy is going forward. Absolutely. So this episode today is going to be a continuation of our previous episode where we discussed the five questions that every manufacturing leader should be asking themselves. And what is that? What's that first question, Jim? Uh, What does your future look like? Very easy question. Very simple, but what does it really look like? And, yeah, it's and, not as easy to answer. Well, I I can immediately answer it, but I, is it going to be actionable? I mean, anybody can answer the question, but if they're going to if if it's going to be actionable, then it's really going to get done. If you're going to write it down, you're going to share it with your team. You're going to set goals, sh- uh, short term, mid term, long term goals. How we're going to do it, and you know, quite frankly. Uh, we did that at the beginning of 2017. Ryan Carr and I sat down. We we actually typed a document up and what our goals were for 2017. And I have to say that we hit almost every single one of them. That's great. That's great. So w- what I want to do is actually step everybody through the process that I go through when I think about you know what what does your future look like, and I I believe that you 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 probably go through may, maybe a similar process um, uh, to to what it we may do. not be as formalized as okay as what you do. Okay, well let's let's go I'm through. Small, it. I'm a smaller company, but and, you can and still do this. Absolutely, the, anybody yeah. could. Anybody could do it. I mean, the process that I want to um, uh, take everybody through. And where did you learn about this process? Because you know, is this a, just Jason Zanger's mind? Um, it's a little bit of Jason Zanger's mind. It's a little bit of amalgamation of just research of you know the best people out amalgamation. there. Amalgamation. I don't know what that word is. Uh, it, amalgamation would be like bringing a together a mix of you like know baking different a cake things, like baking a cake. Yeah, baking a cake. So you're just yeah, putting absolutely. all those ideas in the in the pot. Yeah, and you're, putting you're, the best ideas. 
together. Around. And I'm actually going to talk about some of the people where I got some of these ideas Good. from. That's great to um, use as a resource. But like this whole thing, this whole plan for us is on two pieces of paper. Okay. Or one piece Short of paper term, front and back. Short-term, midterm, long-term. Yeah, well, we're going to we're going to get into it. So, the first question that I would ask is what is the long-term plan? So, for You want to start with long? Yeah, you start with long and and I'm going to explain why. So, you start with long because you want to know in the as far ahead in the future that you can envision and really set a goal against you want to you want to look at that first and then essentially what we're going to be doing is breaking it down into smaller pieces for us it started out as a 10-year plan and then we're going to break it down to more short term so the first question to ask is what is the long-term plan and usually and for us we started out as 10 years but you can make it seven. If 10 years is too long in the future, and you're like, I can't even think about what 10 years looks like from here. Um, I know I know what 10 years looks like for ma- me. It, it, well, I'm just saying, if you can't, make it seven, make it five, um, but you have to put some kind of date on it. You know what I mean? It's got to be a very tangible date or else it doesn't mean anything. So for us, it's a 2025 plan. So we started it, um, this new plan, a couple years ago. We had a we had a, a vision before that, but it you know ended at this point. So now we need to you know have a new vision. But for us, it's a it's a twenty twenty five plan. It's only seven years. It's only seven years. Started out at ten, but now we're um, now we're down to getting to twenty twenty five. So in very simple terms, the only thing that we put on that twenty twenty five plan, which we actually call our our 401025 plan. Um, and I'm not going to get into detail what the 4010 means, but it's just numbers associated with um, targets that Goals we want to hit yeah. at the, uh, on December 31st, 2025. So figure out what that revenue number is attached to 10 years, seven years, five years, whatever you create for that long-term plan and get it written down on paper. So I'm going to be at $40 million in sales, this much in profit in 2025 keep it as simple as that. Okay. But where the where the rubber really starts hitting the road is what I just simply call your your medium term plan. And I think a good target is always to be pushing that out 3 years and it so has that's 2021 to, then. So that yeah for us that would be 2021. Um and and we we evaluate this on an annual basis so of we're course, always pushing this out for 3 years. Mm-hmm. Um but it's always going to be related to what am I hitting in my long-term plan. So my 3-year plan has to somehow be in line with my long-term plan. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. So if I'm not hitting my numbers, I probably need to readjust not only my long-term plan or my median term plan needs to be a little bit more aggressive in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when I say the rubber hits the road a little bit more with your with your medium um, term plan, um, what you want to also write down is maybe some non quantitative measures that you want to hit as well. Okay, so these would be measurables that you want to hit that aren't necessarily sales or revenue or gross profit or um, related to that. Give me some of those because I, I, I will. I, I, so non. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna give measurables gonna, that are non-revenue related. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to you. Um, so I, I mentioned before um, that I'm going to my wife's Christmas party tonight. You did. And I consult with her, of course, because we're married. She consults with me. I consult with her, make recommendations. So I know what what her company's medium-term plans are, and, and I'm going to share those um, with the Metalworking Nation. Um, so of course, they have their revenue targets that, that they want to hit by 
December 31st, 2021. 2021. Mm-hmm. I'm writing this down, by the way. Now, they also have, they know how many key customers they have right now, and they decided that they want to have um, X number of key customers by the end of 2021. So for them, it's 20. They want to produce 16,000 orders per year in that year by 2021. They want to have 25 of the right people in the right seats. Now, I mentioned before that I want to kind of give a little bit of an ode to some of the business greats that um, that I've used in order to put this plan together. So the amalgamation whole, part. The, yeah, the amalgamation part. So the whole idea of having 25 of the right people in the right seats, um, one, of, you know, one of the widely known smartest um, you know, business writers out here is a gentleman named Jim Collins, and he wrote a book called Good to Great. Mm-hmm. And what this book, this book talked about is um, what it takes to go from being a good company to being a great company. And one of the things that he um, really honed in on is that you need to figure out um, what the right seats are, so what the positions are in the company that um, are best for achieving your future results, but you also want to make sure that you hire those right people. So for Black, they want to make sure that they have 25 of these right people in the right seats. Now, I actually think that they're going to need more than 25, but um, they can adjust this as they go along. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just run through these really quickly. So um, they want to have all of their primary processes documented and followed by everybody. They want to have their diversity certification representing 15% of their gross revenue. They want to have a full-time safety specialist, and they want to have um, business intelligence fully functional. Now, a couple of these they've already achieved, like they already have a, a safety specialist. So, well, they would have um, to. That's, the, that's their core competency. That's their core that's competency. That's what they sell. Exactly. So yeah. they want, just want to make sure that they have that on there as a target as far as they want what they want to achieve so so that's the medium-term plan so you you write down your revenue numbers you write down the date and then you write down some key measurables that it's going to take in order to achieve that revenue goal so as an example in order for them to hit that revenue goal they need to be looking at okay we've got and i'm just making this up if we've got 10 key customers right now we need 10 more in order to hit our revenue Mm -hmm. number and so that's where those other measurables come into play or we need to if they didn't have that safety specialist we need to hire that safety specialist in order to um, provide the support for those 20 key customers so they all kind of roll up to each other person in the next three years in the next, yeah, that, the person's got to be there. Yeah. yeah, well, he's already there right now, but just hypothetically, um, that's what you would need to do. So maybe for you, Jim, it could be you need to have a um, you know full time engineer doing quoting and manufacturing troubleshooting, so that you don't have to be doing that yourself. Exactly. Um, but whatever that you know title of that um, or the roles of that manufacturing engineer is, you need to come up with that and figure that out for your you know medium term plan. Now, um, and, and this this is a very iterative process, and it, it seems like it might be a little um, detailed, but I think it's necessary. Um, and I think that everybody owes their business and their and their team um, the time that it takes Do to you put share this together. These goals and object- objectives. Oh, you come up with the entire team. Oh, yeah, ev- everybody, everybody, hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yep. 100%. And you also come up with all of these goals um, as a leadership team. So this is not just, you know, Jim Carr, or Jason Zenger, or whoever else sitting in their oh, office right. by themselves. Right. You because know? it's not about it's me. Gotta be collaborative. It's not about you. It has yep. to be collaborative. It's got to be collaborative. What, what you might have t- uh, 10 people on your team that say, I don't, I don't, I think that's a big, too much of a stretch. Yep. Uh, I don't, I don't want to work for a company that's doing $40 million a year. They, maybe they want to stay at a company that's just doing 
two, three, five, ten. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Maybe, yeah. So that's why it's collaborative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you take that um, that medium term plan, which I think three years is a, is a good number, and you need to break that down into one year. Right. So I was I was I, I would imagine the short term is one year, twelve months. Absolutely. So you you take whatever that three year number, and you say to yourself, "What do I need to achieve?" at the end of this year or the following year in order to be on track to hitting that three-year plan. Um, and so 12-31-2018. 12-31-2018. What is my revenue? What's my profit? How many orders do I need to do? And what are the um, other key lagging indicators well, that here, are important stop, to your business? Stop. So in your industry, it's a little bit easier for you to do that. I know you say that, but and you think that, but I don't think that's true. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't think so. Because our, I'm talking about people that own and operate a, a, machine metal, shop. Cu- a metal cutting facility. Sure. It's a little bit different because our profits on jobs are completely different. Some might just have a real, well, we might lose money on a job. You know what I mean? We we might lose 10, 20, 30% on a job, but then on the next job, we might make 40, 50% profit on it. So our margins are, ve- are, are all over the place. I mean, can we do better? Of course we can. But occasionally, whereas I think your industry is just you, you're buying a product and you're marking it up a certain percent. So everything your sales directly translates into profit. So if you have $10 million of sales in one year, you can kind of just automatically do the calculations of what your profits are going to be. And if you just extrapolate that four times to $40 million, you can say, well, my profits are going to be about the, that much because you've got a a set profit margin based on your sales. It's completely different. In yeah. Our so I, I would I I would say that, you know, you you definitely can simplify it a little bit but like that. But we do have some of those challenges with the high and, and the in the, the high the low margin and the high margin. However, I would I would push back and say so we've we've heard those same things from a lot of our, our partners. And I, I see that as an like some kind of issue or that um, where you could see an opportunity to make improvements there. So we've got customers where um, they they went to us and they said, you know, we're not profitable on these jobs. And our reaction was, well, let's fix it. And we worked with them in order to fix that profitability so we can make it better. But you do have some of those issues there. And I would say that's always got to be an ongoing issue where you're saying to yourself, okay, my unprofitable jobs, I need to get the data behind it right. so that I can oh, yeah. make those changes. Right. You it, know? It's all about continual improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, in smaller job shops, Jason, you know, all we can do we we might never get that job again we ne- might never have an opportunity to make a continual improvement on the process side of it so, so do you think it's an we, issue with quoting we quote it it could be there might be something that in the quoting process we don't see there might be um something that we miss something we omitted um so if I was if I was you know consulting with you and we're kind of going to a little bit of a different direction here. No, so. the, I, I'm going to push back on you okay. because you because I think that you're you're talking about your particular industry 
And yeah, you because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when would you ever lose? You, let's say you have ten thousand dollars in sale. Okay, sales. When? How would you ever lose money on that ten thousand dollars in sales? Uh, if I put too many resources behind it, and the gross gross profit isn't high enough. Okay, so too many people were involved in that sales process, or just no the the ongoing consultation with the customer. Okay, 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 but it wouldn't be as devastating. I think it 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 wouldn't necessarily be as devastating as it would be for us. Whereas if I let's say I I quoted a job and it was um I quoted a thousand hours, and we ended up taking three thousand hours to get the job done. That's a significant loss. Oh, that's huge. And, and I would say that that's, that's an opportunity for you to take a step back and say, how do we improve our quoting process or how do we improve our manufacturing process? Right. But that's, I think we're talking about, I, I think it's a little. And I, I'm very familiar respect- with it. No, no, I'm very familiar with this because I, I, do, I do deal with this quite frequently mm-hmm. as a partner with the manufacturing companies right. that, that we well, deal with. Well, you should. So, the, the better you, you are on our page, the better yeah. you can help us. Yeah. Make those improvements. It's going to be it's going to be easier, and that's where I think you need you need to just get other people involved in order to take another set of eyeballs at it and say, you know, hey, we quoted this at at X a thousand hours, and now we're doing it at three. What did we do wrong in quoting, or what did we do wrong in the manufacturing process, or the it, setup process that we can make improvements? I fight that every single day. Yeah, it was it was it. Did I not quote enough time, or did, once it got out in the shop, did the uh, did the process take too long? Did they spend too much time uh, in the programming? Did they did they not have the right tools in place? Right. So it's it's a lot more. It's a it's a it's a very. But it's a great opportunity. It's a complex thing. It's an it's an issue that that where there's an opportunity for improvement. App, well, everything there's an opportunity. And for I think improvement. I think that one of the the greatest predictors to success is if you can predict the day-to-day things that happen that contribute to those future results. So if you can make your quoting process more consistent and your manufacturing process more consistent, I think that you're going to be able to be um, more consistent and more predictive in how you document what you're going to achieve in the future. Does that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. And it's just a matter of sitting down and saying, you know, what's our issue? How do we solve that? And how do we make this better for yeah. the future? And you know, I I'm sorry I pushed back. No, a I don't bit I don't mind you. But I'm trying I'm I'm representing the true manufacturers I get out it. there, the small machine shops like me, that it's I don't think it's just strictly Sales it's, it's complicated. I agree it's with a, you. It's a it's a very complicated. But you do need, and you really can't identify where. I mean, I guess you can at the end of the at the end, but it's it's a big predictor on if the job is going to be profitable or not. Especially if you've only got one chance, or it's the new first time. I mean, if you if you see a long term project, a contract job, you can always make process improvements as you go along and you're into the job. But if you only have one or two opportunities to do that job, you got to you got to hit it in the ass for the very first time. So the only the, the, I would just push back on you and say it don't use that as an excuse not to try to predict your revenue in the future. You know, you still need to say 
what is my what what are my sales going to be? What is my profit going to be? And then if you don't hit that, say why didn't I hit that and how do I improve this so mm-hmm. that either I predict my revenue and my profit better in the future or I make improvements so that I can hit the numbers like I said I could. Because you're never going to you're never going to make those improvements until you're reflective on why you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Right. So while yes, there are a lot of other external reasons why um, profit is A or B or you know whatever else. It's still, it can be really bad. In the simplest of terms, it can be really bad or but it can you, be really good. But you still need to put the number out there and try to achieve it, and then figure you gotta out start why, somewhere. You gotta, why you gotta you gotta hit, you gotta start yep. with benchmarks. Absolutely. I, I could not agree with you. Absolutely. More. So and and you've got a lot of data to say what what you've done in the past. It's not like you just started up in the last two years. You've been around for right. a long time, and we so are you should making know, improvements. And you know, it, you know we we sat down in the. In the uh, fall, and talked about the quoting process because we had some pretty bad jobs in 2017, and th- there were key characteristics from every yes, there single are, of course. one. Ding, ding, ding. There, <laughs> and and I said we're going to have to bypass this type of work or this type of process and just and just say no. And that's a tough thing to do. So I don't want to hear no. your I don't want to hear your excuses for not hitting your profit numbers, Jim. Well, I mean, I'm we're go, we're doing well this year. So good, good. I mean, we had some bad ones, but we had some really good ones, and uh, everything's looking fine for right now. Good. But yes, I think I think that continual you, improvement is a, is an amazing thing. It is, and, and I and, I think, and metrics and data points and benchmarks are another very important thing. And yeah. collaboration. Yeah. So. Um, I think this is a good tangent to go off on, but I think the bottom line Bring is back. you still got to you still got to put the number out there. You still got to try to achieve the number, and then if you don't hit the number, you got to ask yourself why and go to fix that. And right. I know you would agree with that. I do. Um, so you've got your you've got your one year plan out there, and then you got to you got to break it down into the next quarter. So there's a lot of studies out. Oh, so you go from one year, and then you go quarter by quarter. We, we got quarter, and I'll, and I'll and I'll explain how to do that. So um, there's a lot of data out there which basically says that people can really push full steam ahead for about 90 days before they really start to get hairy and burnt out on something. So what you always want to make sure that you do is break things down into more bite-sized pieces. So if you know what you want to achieve at the end of one year, which is going to be based on what you want to achieve at the end of three years, Say to yourself, okay, what do I need to hit in the next 90 days in order to get there? I mean, this is a very, very simple concept. It's, you know, breaking it down 10 years to three years to one year to 90 days. And you're just breaking the pieces apart in order to well, get where you want to go. Well, yours is 731 and then quarters. Well, now it is, but it started out as 1031. Okay, okay. So um, I actually like the seven. Ten's a little bit too far out there. Yeah, then do seven. I mean, I think seven's good. It's there's nothing seven, magic three, about ten. One and then quarters. Yeah. So the whole the whole idea, and I'm going to mention you know another couple people that have contributed to this you know amalgamation. So there's a lot of people that have talked about this kind of concept, like they call it rocks or big rocks or priorities. Um, but there's things that need to be finished by individuals in the next 90 days that are going to contribute to what you want to hit in the next next year. So the whole concept of, of rocks, which we've actually talked about this on an entire episode of Making Chips a long time ago, 
isn't. I, I is, do remember talking. You, you about do remember rocks. that, and, yep. and and people can go back to that old episode if they want to hear the whole thing about rocks. But the whole idea, in a nutshell, is that you want to focus on the most important thing. Nobody knows exactly who. I don't think anybody knows exactly who originated this. Um, it was coined by Stephen Covey, another very popular business guy, um, and then Vern Harnish made it popular, and then Gino Wickman has also made it popular again. But the whole idea is that you want to focus on what's the most important thing for you to get done in the next 90 days. As you know, Jim, you get distracted all day long, every day. And you need to be able to say no to things. You know, right. I've got important things to work on right now, so I have to say no to this. Just like some of those emails that I don't want to answer. Some of the emails, some of the people that come knocking on your door, some of the requests that those people outside take. Those people from yeah, Zangers, those, yeah. I know, yeah. They just knock on your door. I Iron- disrupt my whole day. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not calling on you all the time, am I? No. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so you want to be able to say no to those things so that you can work on the very um, on the very important things. Sure. And because there's so many business owners out there that just get caught up in the wave and get pushed from side to side of you know a bunch of distractions all the time and they never get the really big things done. Right. And you want to focus on the big things and even even your people like. You know, they have that whole concept of people coming into your office and putting a monkey on your back. And pretty soon by the end of the day, you've got 10 monkeys on your back because everybody wants you to do their dirty work. You know, you, you've, you've been there before. I have. I'm getting rid of those monkeys on my back. Good. And so you want to stay focused on what's my rock, what's my priority, whatever you want to call it, and, and, you know, really work on that, you know, one or two or three big things that are going to really move the needle in your business. And all of these things are individual things. They shouldn't be a group thing. Because you know when when there's multiple people that are responsible for something, um, everybody points their finger at everybody else. So ultimately, someone individual has to be responsible for it. And what I would also suggest is that you hold each other accountable as a team to achieving those results. So you have some means of being able to check in with each other to say, Jim, are you on track with achieving your rock? Jason, are you on track with achieving your rock? And you want to be able to hold each other accountable for doing that. And then the last thing that I would say, another one of my kind of virtual business mentors, Michael Hyatt, came up with this whole concept of, you've heard of SMART goals before, right? No, I don't okay. think I have. Well, he came up with this term for smarter goals. So whenever you come smarter. up with smarter, so whenever you come up with this goal, this rock, this priority, whatever you want to call it, um, you want to make it specific. You want to make it measurable. You want to make it actionable. So start out with a verb. Um, you want to make it realistic. So you don't want to like say you're going to achieve something that everybody knows you're not going to do. Uh, you want to make it time bound. And then the things that he he added is that you want to make it exciting and you want to make it relevant. Um, now, exciting is obviously self-explanatory and relevant would be, is this is this thing that I'm doing in the next 90 days going to contribute to what I need to get done in the next year, what I need to get done in the next three years, and what I need to get done in the next seven years or 10 years? So smarter, specific, smarter. measurable, actionable, realistic, time-bound, exciting, and relevant. You got it. All right, I wrote them all down. So that's that's my framework for you know achieving um, what what your future desire is. This was this was yet another impactful um, episode that you know you you led today, and I, I genuinely do appreciate you know all all the the wisdom that you bring on on this level to the manufacturing community because I don't think a lot of manufacturers really think this out 
we're really good at making stuff. And Quality on time. Yeah. <laughs> All that but stuff. But I think that at the end of the day, we lose focus on some of these things. And um, I know it helps me to read them back, to be measurable, to open my mind. To be more to, reflective. Yeah, to be more reflective and to actually listen and try and implement some of these baby steps forward. Um, but what I'd like to do is I'd like to follow up with this particular episode in maybe next quarter. We should do quarterly uh, shows that and and see what I've done particularly. We should hold each other accountable. We should hold each chips. other accountable. Wow, I love this. Yeah. I love this. That's a little scary. I don't think it's... I'm not scared. I'm, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid either. I'm not crying either. But the no, one, definitely, I think that we should, sh- you and I should share our each other's uh, smarter goals. Our I think that's a great quarterly, idea. Quarterly, annual, our short, medium, and long term, and 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 see if we're on track. I think that's a great idea. And see if we're hitting them, because you know, I I'll, I share a lot with you. I don't mind sharing, you know, my sales numbers and my profitable numbers. And I think that our businesses are well. We're definitely not co- competition, but I think that they're different enough, but close enough that we we can help each other out. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know the one mistake that I have, or one of the mistakes that I've made in the past is. I, I've tried to give myself like seven rocks or seven priorities within an entire quarter, and I end up not getting anything done. Yeah, I know. And and but my that's team, how you are. Yeah, that's I know. How you are. You, I know. You, you're an you're 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 an overachiever. I know. You try to be one, and, and 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 then I just don't get it. And so now I've realized that for myself, I need one priority. Yep. One priority. I know. I know you well enough now yeah. to know that. And yep. then, but then, if I get four huge things done a year, four huge things. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, it is. I can't wait to start sharing with you and then sharing with yeah. the Metalworking Nation how this is going to work out. This is this sounds like fun. But anyway, we're just about at that time that we need to say goodbye today. And um, again, uh, as I always say at the end of the show, you know, I don't know it all. All I know is I've got 35 years of wisdom from this industry based on my experiences jason is the the definitely by far the smarter one uh, uh, different I, smart I, different smart i'm i'm better looking and you know but that's okay um i'm gonna let him have that yeah thank you, nation. thank you gotta have i gotta gotta have something but um you know again we don't know it all you obviously don't know it all but i think that if we work together and collaborate share our experiences together we're going to be better for it and it's going to be incrementally better every week month quarter year three years 10 years well said jim thank you and i would love to hear from the metalworking nation if they want to share their um their plan with us we would love to hear it or if you have questions or if you have a suggestion for something that would elevate this framework that that i suggested yep reach out jim at making chips jason at making chips and ryan at making chips too and with that bam bam. this podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the Metalworking Nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.